The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. And welcome to the Road to World Baseball Podcast. I'm DJ Short, and I'm joined here, as always, by Drew Silva. No guests with us this week, so I guess we're just stuck talking to each other, Drew. Sort of just like old times. And by the way, I'm sorry about that sweep in the greatest league. Nothing personal, I promise. Yeah, it, that, my team went south real fast. Yeah. Um, I've been trying to make some tweaks, but nothing seems to be working. Yeah, I don't know. I I've, I haven't really figured out like how best to optimize. I just I guess I just drafted poorly, or the simulation's kind of weird. I don't know. Either way, I, I still enjoy looking at the box score every you know once every three days or once every three times a day, I should say. Yeah, and I think the since we figured out the like the box score that you can look at without spoiling the results, mm-hmm. like it's cool to go through it that way. So. I look yeah. forward to checking it. Like at whatever, every few hours, uh, there's like a one fifteen a.m. game, and then there's uh, I think like one p.m. Eastern time game, and then like six fifteen. So it's really neat to like check it throughout the day. Um, I I'm doing pretty well right now, <laughs> uh, despite like Kirby Yates, who I I have Kirby Yates twenty nineteen as my, as my closer, and I was like, oh, you know, this is lockdown. But he has like a 12 ERA and like a 2.3 whip. And I, I've i had to boot him from the closer role uh, right now. He's, he's in mop-up duty for the time being. Hopefully get it together a little bit. But, uh, you know, for the most part, my team's doing pretty well. Mookie Betts is hitting under 200, you know, like 150 blade appearances <laughs> into the season. That doesn't make any sense. I'm sure that'll turn around. Um, I've been doing uh, coverage on Roto-World about the greatest league. It's just a... A simulation of uh, individual, the best individual seasons of the past 40 years. And we're playing it out uh, fantasy baseball style, five by five uh, categories. Uh, we're about, I guess, I think uh, like one sixth of the way through the season, something like that now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot of fun. I'll do another write up uh, the beginning of next week. Uh, and you can kind of check out what it's all about. But um, uh, it's been it's been a good time so far. Uh, as for yourself, Drew, today you participated uh, in what the pitcher list is doing. Uh, we have good friends over there, uh, and they're doing some good stuff. Uh, I know you took part in something today, if you want to get into that a little bit. Yeah, they invited me. They're running this uh, thing called PitchCon, like a pitch conference, a virtual online baseball conference running from Thursday to Sunday, um, where you can hear a bunch of great guests like Eno Saris, who used to work for Roto World, Jason Benetti, Pitching Ninja, all the pitcher list guys and giving presentations, or you could choose to be on a panel. Um, 
And I, I just did a presentation uh, at, at 5 p.m. Eastern time today, kind of going through, which we talked about it when we had Ryan Boyer on the show, that the series we did where we talked about who was going to be the top player, the top fantasy per- performer at each position in 2025, just kind of a, like a fun thought experiment. And so I went through my picks and explained them in, in a little more depth than we did in, even in our roundtables. Um, so it, it was probably not the most like groundbreaking thing you're going to hear at, at, at this pitch con, this four day event. It's not like incredible in-depth analysis, but you know, it's kind of fun. It, it comes from an angle that I get as like a fantasy writer and that it at least interests me and took some questions from people who are watching at, at, at the end and went a full hour. It, w- it was cool. It was nice to like have something to work on that was like fantasy related. Um, like I you know, started working on it yesterday. Like, like I kind of wrote out a script and notes that I wanted to present. And so I, it was nice to have like something to do with, and something that intrigued me. I don't know. I, I thought it went pretty well. Awesome. Yeah. So definitely check that out. And, and you said it's going from Thursday through Sunday. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. And you can donate. Um, you can win prizes. You can buy raffle tickets. Half of the proceeds are going to Feeding America. Um, which you know it's, it attempts to strike out hunger across the United States. They work with food banks and pantries and meal programs. Um, so that that was really that's really cool. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, you can you can check it out on their YouTube page, on their Twitch page, um, and if just follow Pitcher List on Twitter too, and you'll, you'll see updates on on all the different presentations that are going on. It's very cool they have that going on because otherwise, if you're talking about the state of baseball right now. It's kind of depressing. Uh, obviously, I think a Wait, week ago... Before, before you go on, did you see Pat's uh, tweet to you just now? No. What it's like mean? he's listening to the show live. He, well, you asked for some, some questions for this episode because we're kind of running low on yeah. on topics. And he asked if Kirby Yates will ever get his ERA <laughs> below 10.0. Uh, I'm going to use him in some lower leverage situations. So I, I think it's possible. Uh, but with this simulation, I mean, who knows? It's yeah. it's just really weird. Yeah. Uh, I thought like lockdown relievers would be like a good thing to have. And, and if you remember our draft, like people were picking relievers like really early. And I think a lot of people were, were thinking that would be the case. But like relievers are getting knocked around really good in this league. So, yeah, I don't think there's any such thing as a, a lockdown reliever in this league. I was just looking at my bullpen ERAs like. Brian Fuentes getting rocked, and he had a great year for the Rockies in, in 2008. That was the year I picked. And Ryan Presley, who was, like, fantastic between the Astros and Twins in 2018, has got a 13 ERA. Like, I don't know. I don't know how you were supposed to pick relievers. And yeah. I, I don't think anyone has a good bullpen, though, unless no. someone's boast, boasting about it in the Twitter DM thread. I'll have to go in-depth a bit more and, and, yeah. and talk about that. Maybe for next week's article – uh, find some sort of angle there at the bullpens but uh so so yeah back to to real i guess real baseball we don't know if there's gonna be baseball this year i think a week ago we were sort of optimistic that there would be some common ground uh but actually feel i i guess i feel more pessimistic today uh than i felt in a while um the 50 50 revenue split that was something that was talked about um, you know, for the past couple of weeks, uh, the players were not receptive to that at all. And it turned out that was not part of the proposal uh, that the owners uh, gave to the players. It was more of a sliding scale 
pay system. If you remember, the the players agreed to uh, a pay cut back in March. Uh, there was basically uh, just a lump sum of money that the players sort of s- split up as an advance. Uh, but the agreement at the time was that if games uh, actually were played, that there would be a prorated pay system. Uh, but instead, the owners are countering now with this sliding scale pay system since there will not be uh, fans in the seats, which they argue is a big part of their revenue. Uh, so with the sliding uh, sliding uh, scale pay system, the players with the highest salaries would get the biggest cuts. Those at a lower salary would, would get smaller cuts. I think, you know, part of it might have been to try to divide the union. We can't really say for sure that's the case, but you can certainly look at it that way. But Regardless, it wasn't well received by the players either. Uh, and, you know, there's been reports that the players aren't even going to send a counterproposal as far as the economics are concerned, uh, with the argument that those prorated salaries were already agreed to uh, back in March. I don't know where we go from here. I don't know if this is just sort of posturing in the media. I tend to think that's probably it. Yeah. Um, but obviously, there's a way to go. There's a, a ways to go here. Still, there's also the matter of the health and safety protocols, which are sort of getting lost in the shuffle, which is crazy given that we're in the middle of a pandemic. Still, uh, still, it seems uh, those will be a bit easier to work out than the financial part of it, which is getting uglier than I hoped it would be. And it's not helping that there's all this stuff going on with the minor leagues right now either. Yeah, around a thousand minor leaguers got released uh over the last couple of days i i I think some of that is that um you know a lot of those guys would have been released at the end of spring training but there really wasn't an end of spring training and then like over the course of april and may yeah i don't think it would be to that number no um it's also reflective of the likelihood that the minor leagues will be cut by like you know 60 affiliates moving forward. So you just, you don't really have jobs for those guys. And maybe they like can now file for unemployment. I, I don't know. I'm trying to look on the, on the bright side of things. And and with, as far as the, the back and forth between the players and, and union, I, I hope that it's, it's media, it's posturing and trying to win PR points with the, with the general public, which the owners are doing a much better job of um, as they usually do. But I, I keep telling myself that it's, it's a negotiation um, I'd kind of like to just fast forward to like next week and hopefully we hear about something, you know, some each side is making some concessions and they're going to figure something out. Like if if Twitter was I think Jared Diamond might have made this point when we had him as a guest last week is that like if Twitter had it had existed during the 94 strike, like we probably would have hear, heard a lot of the same type of chatter, you know, like it would have been vitriol at first and then slowly they'd kind of put things in place. I mean, it's a complicated issue and I'm kind of like on the side of the players on it. I think it's, it's easy for the owners to win the public's like the majority of the public's like favor who, who, who don't spend their time on Twitter and don't really like think through all of the logistics that go on and with baseball's finances, like they hear, Oh, a 50-50 revenue split. That makes sense to do it. Like they should do that all the time. Or or even if it's just one year, they should do it without really thinking that, you know, how much work the MLBPA has over the years put into, you know, we're not we're never gonna have a salary cap. We're gonna get guaranteed contracts. They're the most powerful 
full union in sports for a reason because they've worked to get there over some you know pretty tough times like the 94 strike and uh, they're not they're not going to give you know and and so I, I i think it's i don't know hopefully at some point soon we'll start hearing that there's being progress you know progress is being made i mean june is right around the corner and you're going to need you know i i would say 3 weeks um at least of kind of a spring training 2.0 and if if they want to start the season on or around July 4th, it's, they're going to have to come to some sort of agreement soon. And, and like you said, there's beyond the economics, there's health and safety protocol issues that still need to be sorted out. There's a lot to get done really. And I think it needs to be done by like the end of next week. Yeah, totally. Um, and getting back to the minors for a second, there's not going to be a minor league season. Like that hasn't been officially announced, but that's part of what's going on right now too with the with the minors and uh the a's told their minor league players they're not going to receive the stipend uh which we've heard about for a while I, it's four hundred dollars a week is that what it is for each yeah. player mm-hmm. which is like nothing like you know for everybody in the minor league system you know i think that's like a rounding error for a team you know what i mean it's like what <laughs> yeah. you would pay like a middle reliever or something like that uh so it's you know it's just it's bad they're the only team we know about that's done that so far i believe there's eight teams that have say that have said they'll pay their minor league players through at least june uh the padres and the mariners through the end of august so the the end of the minor league season so good on them even though it's like a really small ridiculously small amount of money um but sort of zooming out for a minute mlb is often compared to like the other sports and are and these other sports already sort of have a plan to come back uh nba nhl and it like it's making mlb look bad obviously but i think you have to understand that it's sort of apples and oranges because the timing of the coronavirus totally changes things in regard to baseball because the nba had already started their season the nhl had already started their season they were almost done their regular seasons respectively and the NFL is still, you know, months away. So MLBs, when coronavirus struck, basically, and there was the shutdown and everything, that was like right at the start of the season. So there was no revenue coming in through the gates. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. the economics of it for MLB are so different than the other sports that I don't think you can really compare them. But they're going to be compared anyway. And obviously, yeah. in the PR battle, MLB is losing right now. I don't know if anybody looks great between the owners and the players. I do think that typically uh, the players, for whatever reason, are perceived as being the greedy ones. Maybe it's just because they're more in the public eye uh, than the owners. It's, often you don't even know who the heck owns your favorite team. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I think that's a big part of it too. But uh, yeah, I mean, we've been saying this for so long that like hopefully... A week from now, we're going to have a different perspective. I think that's what will happen. I'm still optimistic there's going to be baseball this year. There's just just way too much at stake um, for them to drop this. I think maybe the compromise will ultimately be something like uh, deferred salaries, where yeah. they'll take a you know a portion this year, but then there'll be money deferred into some point in the future. I think that's something that makes a lot of sense for everyone. Uh, given the financial situation we're in right now, is that going to have an impact on free agency this off season? 
Hopefully not, but I think that's the thing that might be another sticking point that they would have to get some assurances that won't be the case. Um, but that's stuff they're going to have to work out. I'm I'm still optimistic though that there will be baseball this year. But you're right; they got to they got to make some quick progress here. Yeah, those other leagues are also salary cap leagues that you right. know do right. do have revenue sharing between the league and the players, and the owners have their books open much more than in baseball, at least. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so it's they're kind of they really are kind of in it together more, um, whereas the owners and the players in baseball it's more of factions, and that's what the union has worked hard to maintain. And I, I get why they want to continue to maintain that, but I, it's going to be a bad look, even though we understand what's going on. Like the general fan, the casual fan doesn't care. They, they see, oh, the NBA and the NHL were able to finish their season and in, in the yeah. summer, yeah. and the baseball had all this time to figure something out and they couldn't come to an agreement. I mean, yeah, yeah it's going to be really bad optics. And I think it's going to really hurt, you know, the future of the sport, to be honest, especially with the, you know, the new CBA coming up at the end of 2021, like we were already anticipating there would be maybe some kind of, you know, s- strike or lockout uh, mo- moving into the 2022 season. So yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm just trying to stay positive. We, we really need baseball back for what we do uh, for a living. And I don't know. I, I It seems like, you know, places are opening up. People are becoming more optimistic that we're at least through the first wave of this. But um, in the baseball world, it just it's it's not a good place right now. And again, like hopefully over the next over the weekend and into early next week, we, we start hearing some good news on that front so with no guest uh, and the season still in limbo we decided this would be a good time for a mailbag episode so we're going to take a few questions here um first is from our friend chris at baseball pods um he asked earlier today uh, we're recording thursday night want to make mom's day get to your nordstrom rack now and score amazing deals for mother's day which is sunday may 12th Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. How are you taking into account the replacement of pitchers hitting with a DH as you think about the NL starting pitchers in 2020? Of course, hypothetical 2020 season. Are you looking at their past performances against hitting pitchers in the NL compared to their performance against hitters? Why or why not? Yeah, we like three weeks ago, I think when the reports came out that the universal DH was kind of expected from both and both sides are are for it. Um, 
and we, you know, we talked about which teams uh, were in the NL were better suited to, to move immediately into the universal DH world and uh, which hitters we could identify on those rosters who, who could take that spot. Um, but yeah, we spent a little time on like, yeah, this is also going to affect NL pitchers. Um, you know, like Jacob deGrom had kind of leapfrog Garrett Cole a bit as like the number one pitcher on fantasy draft boards. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, do you, do you put Cole above deGrom a little bit now? I mean, it, it takes away that advantage that you had with, with National League pitchers getting to face the opposing pitcher, not, you know, facing a, a guy who's paid to be a designated hitter. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you definitely factor it into NL, NL pitching outlooks. I, I think Chris's idea to look at these pitchers' past performance against pitchers, you know, hitting pitchers as compared to their past performance against hitters is like a, a good way to look at it. Um, it sounds like a lot of work, so I'm not going to do it, but <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, it, I think it's, it's, it's easy math, honestly. Yeah. Um, you know, like <laughs> you're going from facing a guy who probably has like a two two fifty OPS to someone who, you know, theoretically should have like a, an 800 OPS or better, uh, being a designated hitter. Yeah. And then you think about sort of how pitchers behave in those situations. You might pitch around the eighth hitter mm-hmm. in certain situations to to get to a pitcher, you know, who will chances are making out in some form or fashion. Um, and then if there's a DH, uh, teams will formulate their lineups in a different way, where maybe you'll have sort of a second leadoff man at the bottom of the order. Um, so it really changes everything as far as pitchers are concerned. And maybe not even so much with like the high end guys like DeGrom's still going to be you know, mm-hmm. consider it a top five starting pitcher no matter what. But it's like the fringy guys that maybe you'd look at as like a streamer or whatever. But like if you know they're going into Yankee Stadium or Camden Yards, suddenly you're a bit more scared than you might have been if they were if they're going to play the Cardinals or whatever. You know, if the if the mm-hmm. Mets are only playing the the AL East and the NL East, then suddenly like a Steven Matz looks like iffier to me. You know what I mean? So I think it's it's a bigger impact with sort of those fringy starting pitchers than the top guys. Yeah, when I, when I'm looking for deep sleepers on like the starting pitching side, I'm I'm, some, I'm often like leaning towards NL guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, totally. It, it's easy. It's easier to dream of like the Padres fourth starter um, having some some sneaky success compared to like the Red Sox fourth starter. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean it it definitely changes the outlook and I'm I'm hopeful that we can actually get into some good analysis of of what it all means and you know redo our rankings and have some mock drafts fired up and oh, actually man. have some content to talk about on this podcast and some player news blurbs to write some power rankings. I'd love to write some power rankings right now. It's <laughs> I've been so reluctant to like dive into it, as you know, like, I mean, as soon as I know the details, I want to be all over it. But like right now, just everything feels so up in the air that like, I just don't want to fake my way through it. Um, Yeah, I've I've noticed following baseball pods that a a lot of baseball fantasy baseball podcasts are trying they're trying trying to cook up some fantasy analysis. And I respect it. I respect it. I respect it, too. I just I, I can't do it seriously with like i feel like i'd be faking it like you said yeah so uh a lot of people asking about prospects uh which makes a lot of sense given sort of just the weird nature of uh what the rosters could be uh this year assuming there's a season uh sort of i'm gonna combine these all together um 
This is Coachirk11 on Twitter. He says, how is the shortened season going to affect prospects for the 2020 season that were on the cusp of being brought up? I'm thinking Gavin Lux, Dylan Carlson, Kyle Tucker here. Uh, is service time manipulation going to be thrown out the window because of the shortened season? Man, that's a good question, and I don't I don't think we know that yet. <laughs> we don't know yeah. how the service time situation is going to work because you think about obviously there's going to be expanded rosters. There's been it's been mentioned maybe it'll be 30 man rosters and then like a taxi squad or something like that. And that taxi squad, chances are, is going to be filled with, uh, you know, AAA talent, like fringe uh, major AAA talent who can easily come, you know, back and forth. And there'll probably be a bunch of top prospects on there, too, which maybe they're just staying fresh, uh, you know, still working on their development as prospects. But they could also make an impact on the major league level. You know, I'm talking like Nate Pearson, uh, you know, Michael Kopech, you know, guys like that. Uh, who we could see too. The thing is, like, I, I think Dylan Carlson, good chance he'll play for the Cardinals this year, assuming there's a season. You know, wouldn't you say that? Yeah. Yeah. And I think he had a really good, well, not a really good, but a pretty good chance of making the opening day roster out of camp. Yeah. Um, he was re- really playing well in the Grapefruit League. And, um, you know, the Cardinals have an opening in left field. It's, you know, why they didn't really try to re-sign Marcelo Zuna, who wound up signing a one-year deal with the Braves. Um, you know, they they were, what, 19th in, in runs scored last year as an mm-hmm. offense, 21st in team OPS, and didn't really upgrade the offense. I think they were going to lean heavily on Carlson. So if the season does happen, I think he'll be in the lineup on opening day. It's it's kind of a case-by-case question. Yeah. Um, and I also don't I, – I, my answer is I don't know. Like, yeah. like, like you said, like I – I don't want to just make something up and, and act like I, I have knowledge on, on what exactly teams are going to do and also how the service time is going to work. I feel like I had a better understanding of that a couple months ago. Um, yeah. and, and now it's, it's more in limbo and it's not something that's really being discussed. I, you know, the, the, the headlines right now are, are all about this financial negotiation between established major leaguers and the owners. I'm sure that's a topic um, of conversation or will be once they get into really the, yeah. the details here. And hopefully it's something mm-hmm. they can work out uh, pretty quickly. Maybe the owners will throw a bone and say, like, you know, if you play X number of games, like you get a full year of service time. Who knows? Uh, but we should learn more specifics about that, at least assuming they get to the finish line on on just the basics as far as as yeah. pay. As pay. Uh, that'll, that'll be kind of like the final day of, of writing up you know, the, the actual document is like sorting that kind of stuff out. Yeah. Um, unfortunately it's kind of on the back burner for now. Yeah. Alec Baum, uh, Spencer Howard with the Phillies. Mm-hmm. Like those are two prospects that I think are right on the cusp too. Uh, and can ma- be real difference makers. I think back when I was doing drafts in March, I took them in, uh, multiple leagues with the expectation that at some point during the season, they, they would be up and, and be major contributors. I think they still could be, this year but we'll, we'll have to see what the service time is uh so you think uh do you think tim tebow will be on the mets taxi uh, squad man you know all the minor leaguer i think the mets released like 39 players today minor league players tim tebow was not one of them we should mention that uh which is you know we know why he wasn't released but it's still you know ridiculous for all sorts of yeah. reasons uh but i would imagine he'll be on the taxi squad i kind of think he will too uh, embarrassing 
So uh, <laughs> uh, next question here is from Don Cheech on Twitter. He says, if there's no season, should we still hold our baseball draft? It's a keeper league and teams have traded picks for this draft in order to build out their team for the future. Or do we keep the same draft board for next season? Hmm. I'm inclined to yeah. say don't do the draft this year and keep this keep the same board for next year. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with that. Um, the Dynasty League that I'm in, one of them, um, you have to pay $5 more. It's an auction draft, and you have to pay $5 more than you paid the previous year to keep that player. And I think we're just... Actually, I don't even really know what we're going to do. There was an email about it a month ago, but I think things have changed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, another kind of case-by-case case thing, it depends on how your league is set up. Um, and it it would, I don't know, kind of stink if you, like, I, I don't know, if you've been making trades to, like, get draft picks and you're, you're like, rebuilding your roster, uh, maybe it's not such a bad thing to to just roll it over into next year. So we started, uh, I'm in a score sheet league that has a lot of, you know, very successful score sheet players in it. Uh, And this is a first year dynasty startup. We did the draft from like January through early March. And there was a, you know, divergence of strategies. There was like, uh, people were going all in this year. And then obviously people playing for way into the future and like stock their roster full of prospects. So the way that I looked at that was like, man, if you drafted for this year, like you kind of could get screwed. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. So there's been some debate. I And I think it is sort of coming down more on the side of like, if there's no season this year, we should just redo the draft next spring because mm-hmm. you're going in with the expectation. Back in January, like who knew this was going to happen? Uh, so I think there's a strong case to be made to just do the draft over again. Um, so certainly, you know, a league where you haven't even done the draft yet, and I would just obviously wait until we know for sure. But assuming there's no season, I, I think you should just hold it next spring and, and keep things sort of locked in and just accept that this is a a strange, bizarre year that hopefully we see nothing like it ever again. Yeah, I don't think anyone has like real good answers for, for how we go about doing any of this, really. It's going to be weird to kind of like if we do get a season to kind of like redo the draft guide. And yeah, we're going to have to. We're yeah, it's just to. so so different thinking about it in a in like an eighty two game, eighty one game context, which you know, hopefully we get that. I, I mean, I think it could be fun. I think the other part of it is like there's gonna be so much randomness that mm-hmm. you know yeah. I, I don't like the term fantasy expert, but you could throw it out the window even more than you usually do. Uh totally. because I mean all sorts of weird crap's gonna happen i mean somebody a hot streak's gonna like win you a league yeah totally i mean there could be someone that hits 400 and it's certainly possible uh so i don't know it's gonna be crazy but i mean i would i would welcome the crazy happily uh so obviously we're still in wait and see mode about a possible season right now but we're still here we'll continue to be here for you for as long as it takes uh not just with this podcast but uh, also, rotoworld.com and our premium products, the online version and the draft guide still up and running, as Drew was saying, uh, will be updated as long as fantasy drafts continue. We hope for a ton more, hopefully in a couple of weeks. Uh, there's still a ton of good stuff in there. Uh, just a little bonus for listening today. You can get 20% off all of our premium MLB products by going to rotoworld.com win. 
Again, that's rotoworld.com slash win. You're going to want our season pass too, assuming there is a season. Like I was just saying, it's going to be unlike anything we've ever seen before. So you're going to want uh, our advice along the way there. Uh, There's also a free cheat sheet. If you go to rotoworld.com, you see uh, right there on the baseball homepage, uh, you'll get a link to that. It's free. uh, And we'll update that as time goes on as well. Let's get back into these questions. We have a couple couple more. Uh, hopefully some fun ones here, but we'll see. Uh, I actually like this one a lot. From Joe Vanella, he asks, uh, what's the best Survivor Series team you could put together from current MLBers? Of course, that means uh, Survivor Series, meaning pro wrestling. Uh, so Joe says he would go with Pete Alonzo, Mike Trout, Aaron Judge, and Bryce Harper. Uh, Bryce Harper being a, a heel, he says. Uh, and he has Joe Madden as their their manager. Uh, uh, I I I actually put a decent amount of thought into this one, and if I had to pick a captain for my team, it would be Yasiel Puig. Uh, oh yeah. If you remember him, basically going after the entire like Pirates roster last year, uh, so that was cool. Uh, so I think he'd be my number one pick. Aaron Judge, I think I'd go with him too. Uh, he would just be like. Laying big boots all over everybody. Uh, one I think is underrated, uh, Yandy Diaz with the Rays. Uh, that dude is totally jacked. Uh, he could do some serious damage. And and Eric Thames, with, now with the Nationals, former Brewer. He's another yeah. guy that's, that's super jacked. He would throw some uh, power bombs uh, into the mix there. I think that's a pretty stacked team. Uh, I love Puig being the, the ringleader there. My manager I'm choosing is is Dusty Baker. Uh, he would be like the smooth talking manager <laughs> with the toothpick. Uh, not not necessarily a heel, not necessarily a good guy. Kind of going back and forth on that. Uh, I think he'd be a, he'd be a perfect pro wrestling manager. I don't really know what Survivor Series is, but but like you look at Giancarlo Stanton, he already looks like The Rock. Yeah, um, and he he's six six to two forty. Um, I, I feel like he'd be pretty good in the ring. Um, not maybe like the most entertaining personality always, but you need a little bit of both. Um, like Felix Hernandez is, is a big dude and he's got a l- little flair for the dramatic. Um, I don't know. Mike Trout. He's I'm, I'm looking <laughs> for charisma too. That's why I was like, I'm not going to include Mike Trout in my team. Zach Granke. <laughs> that wouldn't be awkward at all. Pete Alonzo, Pete Alonzo isn't afraid to take his shirt off. So that's, that's something at least. I'm going uh, the other direction with this. Greg Maddox. <laughs> yeah. Ichiro. Yeah. Actually, Ichiro would be funny. He would be. He would probably be pretty good. Uh, so I, I did like that question. So Puig, Judge, uh, Yanni Diaz, Eric Thames, I think they would they would kill it. Basically, Survivor Series is it's typically like a four-on-four four match. It happens every November. Uh, and now I think it's more five-on-five. Five. Uh, it's like an elimination match. So, you know. You could go down from, you could have four on one and, you know, it's all sorts of combinations, but, uh, it's a, that's a, that's a good question. I like that one. So, uh, Nate Grimm, he um, get, he has a question just for you, Drew, uh, our fellow Roto-Worlder. He says, <laughs> would you eat a bowl of cereal every morning for the rest of your life for $10,000? And if you have to choose, what's your go-to cereal? Yeah, so this stems from a few tweets that I've made about not really understanding why cereal is a thing. Um, I I didn't really 
I don't know. My mom would buy like honey bunches of oats was like the most sugary cereal that she would buy and like raisin bran, mm-hmm. um, which I just never really liked as a kid. Uh, don't like it now. And then like I, I tried to like get into the sugary cereals myself when I like went to college and was on my own and getting my own food. And I just didn't get it, man. I don't get cereal. I don't like hate it enough to, to, to turn down $10,000. Mm-hmm. Um, I would definitely eat a bowl of cereal every morning for the rest of my life for 10 grand, no problem. Um, <laughs> but it's just like, if you can have like bacon and eggs and a piece of toast, like that's way better than cereal. I understand it takes a little longer to cook, but I work from home. So, um, I do that. Um, if I have to choose what's my, I don't really hate cereal that much is what I'm trying to say. If, if I, um, if I had to pick one, I, I really liked like the times that I was able to eat captain crunch, um, as a, as a child, I think that's a good one. Uh, I love Reese's anything and Reese's puffs. Uh, I could imagine would be good. I don't know if I've ever, I've ever had them. I've never had them either, actually. Yeah. Um, I don't know, like chips. What, what's the oh, cookie crisp? Okay. That's just like cookies and milk, <laughs> which I'm definitely down with. Uh, I don't know. Raisin Bran Crunch is like, okay, that's kind of a boring answer, but yeah. Um, I don't know. Do, do you have an answer? Do you like cereal? Do your kids eat cereal? Yeah, my my daughter has basically like the, I guess it's like the uh, Trader Joe's version of Honey Nut Cheerios. Mm-hmm. Uh, she eats it like every day <laughs> and she <laughs> and she loves it. Give uh, her she, 10 grand. Yeah. Nate's, giving, <laughs> Nate's paying her out. <laughs> she likes like slurping the milk. I think that's like her favorite part. Uh, but I'm not a cereal eater. I used to be. I used to have Cheerios like every every morning with like a banana or something like that. But that's good for you, I guess. Uh, but I haven't done that in a long time. My favorite cereal though is Fruity Pebbles, which Ooh. I haven't had in forever. Probably if I had it now, I'd like I don't know what would happen. I'd have like sugar overload. Um, but man, Fruity Pebbles are the best. Rice Krispies, Rice Krispies are good too. Yeah, Rice Krispie treats are good. Yeah. Rice Krispies get like soggy, so you got to eat it fast. If you're not mm-hmm. moving fast, it's going to be bad. Fruity Pebbles, it's kind of the same way, but my my thing with cereal too is that it's like really bad for you. I mean, eat, I guess like Cheerios is it's fine, but like it's just like sugary starch and carbohydrates, and like not that I'm in the best shape and like should be giving people health advice, but you're a lot better off with like a protein and like an egg um, yeah. than than a bowl of of like sugar and starch and milk. I don't know if my breakfast this morning was all that healthy. I did have an egg, but it was on a bagel with uh, cheese and pork roll. Uh, nice. Have you had pork I, roll before? I have, yeah. Okay. Um, not healthy at all, but it no, is no. amazingly good. Uh, well, ba- bagels are like horrible for you, they but are. they're so good, man. It's just like such concentrated carbohydrates, but it, Oh, I love bagels. I had a an everything bagel. There's this Jewish deli like a mile away from me, and they do like their own everything bagels, um, and then like salmon and you know like, like yeah. bagel and lox. Yeah. Um, and, and then like they do like corned beef and pastrami Rubens. And now I'm hungry. I would eat a bagel every day for ten thousand dollars. Is that an option? I would take that as well. <laughs> uh so uh, that was that was fun i I think we killed a couple minutes there nate so thank you uh so our our last question and i think this is a good way to go out uh it's from 
I am a rooster man on Twitter. <laughs> he says, uh, leaning for leaning toward no season, 82 games, or 100 game season. Just sort of gut feeling. Uh, definitely not a 100 game season. I appreciated the, the that was the player's kind of public counter. Yeah. Um, but I, I just can't see that happening. I don't think it's a good idea to like do a bunch of double headers. It'd be nice for like record keeping purposes, but I think we're past that at this point. Um, I don't, I don't think people want to watch like a, a ton of double headers, honestly. I, I would take it right now, but it, it would get kind of old. Um, I, man, I'm like kind of right in the middle between no season and, and a half season. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. What's what's your answer? I think there's going to be an 82 game season. I like it. I feel like 80% confident. Okay. I hope, man. I hope. I I think they they know how bad it would look for them not to not to have a season. I But then again, if I'm the players, I'm like, you know, who cares? We're not going to let the owners railroad us. Yeah. Um and and pay us, you know, 20% of what we were going to make. Uh, to put our our lives on the line. That's yeah, a this, we're in a pandemic. Like yeah. it's still a thing. There's still cases. There's still states that are, you know, at maximum capacity in hospitals and are having record highs for certain days. And so this is still very much an active thing. So I mean that can't be dismissed. Uh, and these guys are going to be traveling around, uh, maybe not seeing their families a whole lot. Or maybe they will, and you know they could bring something back to their family. So uh, you know this is this is serious stuff, uh, and I you know I really hope that everyone comes together uh, and and you know comes up with something that's that is fair. Uh, mostly, I I hope the owners give something to the players that's fair, uh, keeping in yeah. mind that the the risks that they're going to be taking every day. Yeah. I'm just, I'm really finding it hard to like read Twitter every day, even though we kind of have to do it for our job. I tune in, I tune it out a lot of the time. I figure if there's going to be news, I'm going to hear about it. So, (laughs) uh, otherwise, yeah, I just can't, I can't do the, the play by play. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's a lot of overreaction. I hope, I hope it's a lot of overreaction and and that this is just a negotiation and people are freaking out about, you know, people are just wanting to be freaked out or something. I don't know. Um, but strange times. Uh, let's, I, I appreciate your optimism. 80%. You think there'll be a half a season. Um, I'm, I'm more probably at like 55%. All right. Well, I'll take it. Well, now glass is half full. We'll see. Ne- ne- by, I think by next Thursday, we should have a clearer picture of whether it's going to happen or whether they're going to try to try to make it happen. If we don't, there's big problems. Yeah, uh, yep, I agree with that. I, I think, I think if they want spring training 2.0 by mid mid June, they got to get on it real fast. So hopefully uh, that will be the case. Uh, I think that'll wrap it up here uh, this week. If you like what you're hearing with the show, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're listening on Apple podcasts, please rate and review. If you don't mind, we'd really appreciate it. Follow us on Twitter if you don't already. I'm at DJ Short. Drew is at Drew Silve. Be safe out there, and we'll see you next time. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal 
and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.